You're listening to Healthy House Calls with Angel, episode number eight, where we're talking about my favorite mood-boosting, stress-reducing herbal allies and all that you need to know to build your own mood-boosting, stress-reducing toolkit. Hello, welcome to Healthy House Calls with Angel. I am your host, Angel Shannon, giving you tips, tools, and holistic strategies to live a healthier life by intentional design. Join me as we explore the landscape of lifestyle medicine, offering practical tips that help you eat, sleep, move, and live better, and help you become fit and functional for life. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode number eight of Healthy House Calls with Angel and the Fit and Functional for Life community. I'm Angel Shannon, your host, and I want to welcome you to a community that believes that good health is so much more, so much more than just a normal physical and the weight on a scale. Good health is also the sense of harmony, balance, peace, purpose, and fulfillment we feel in our lives. Now, if you're brand new to our community, here's what I'd like you to know. We are a community that believes first and foremost that good health is the first wealth. And because of that, we declare our physical, mental, and spiritual well-being to be our single most important priority. We value knowledge, wisdom, and most importantly, personal transformation. We partner with our healthcare providers, but we take our health into our own hands by being informed and empowered. We take action and we hold ourselves accountable. We are busting burnout. We are prioritizing rest, movement, mindfulness, optimal nutrition, spiritual growth, and meaningful work that aligns with our life's purpose. In a nutshell, we are a community that desires to be fit and functional, not just for a day, not just for an event, but fit and functional for life. So thank you so much for joining us and thank you for tuning in. So today I've got something really, really good in store for you. We're talking about my favorite my favorite mood-boosting, stress-reducing herbal allies and all that you need to know to build your own mood-boosting, stress-reducing toolkit. You know, there's never been a time when people have experienced more stress, anxiety, sleeplessness, and downright exhaustion than the times we are living in now. In fact, I've spoken at least 10, 15 times this year about burnout. And in fact, if you've read the headlines in any of today's business magazines, Forbes magazine, Harvard Business Review, the Wall Street Journal, even the New York Times on any given day, you're likely to find at least one article on burnout and stress, both of which are likely driving this thing we call the great resignation. In fact, here's a direct quote, direct quote from the October 21 issue of Time Magazine that I just found downright frightening. Here's the quote. Both men and women are feeling even more burned out in 2021 than they were in 2020. The annual Women in the Workplace report 
from McKinsey and Company and LeanIn.org found that the gap between women and men who say they are burned out has nearly doubled in the last year. In the survey, which polled more than 65,000 North American employees, 42% of women and 35% of men reported feeling burned out often or almost always in 2021, compared to 32% of women and 28% of men last year. End quote. Friends, that is a 10% increase in women and a 7% increase in men in one year. And because many of the individuals polled are likely parents, teachers, or have some role in the lives of children, and because we know the effects of burnout, not only on the workplace, but on the family on children in the community. I think this is a topic we really need to talk about. I know that as a clinician, this is a topic that we need more solutions for. So today I want to say that for many of us, as we prepare to enter the coldest time of the year, launch into the holiday season in the midst of an ongoing pandemic, and the news of yet another variant of COVID-19, mental and physical stress will be at an all-time high. And if you're anything like me, where the combination of the holidays and the winter leaves you feeling overwhelmed, emotionally exhausted, and or depleted, if you're looking for ways to naturally improve your own strength and stamina, then this episode is for you. We're going to be talking about our stress allies, this special little class of herbs well known for strength, stamina, support, and stress relief, and all that you need to know to build your own year-round toolkit. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Now, we all know that a little bit of stress is a normal part of everyday life. There's the stress related to standing in line forever and ever at the ATM, the stress of running through the airport to catch a connecting flight. We've all been there. You know how that feels. Or the stress of a college final exam. These are the inevitable, unavoidable, temporary stressors that rarely leave a dent in our overall health and well-being. They're quick, they're temporary events, and somehow when they're over, we forget they ever occurred, right? The flight lands, the turquoise warm water is calling your name, the palm trees are swaying, the, the wind is just, you know, blowing through your hair, all is right with the world. You completely forget about everything that happened at the ATM and in the airport, right? What we're talking about today is the other kind of stress, the stress that leaves a serious, serious dent in our health and threatens our immune system, the kind of stress that creates inflammation, that disrupts metabolism and literally, literally alters the DNA of our cells, creating illness and disease. And we know that stress is the precursor of every disease. It is a significant driver of immune system dysfunction, you know, significant driver of heart disease, diabetes, 
kidney failure, and conventional medicine provides us with exceptional tools, exceptional tools to diagnose these stressors. But when it comes to treatment and prevention, many of our tools create more harm than good. And that is just a fact. There is a better way. And that way is through a class of herbs, my favorites, called adaptogens, our stress allies. So before we get into talking about the adaptogens specifically, I think it's important that we just do a little bit of review of what your body looks like on stress, your body on stress. You know, the human body is absolutely amazing. I know I say that all the time, but it's the truth. The human body is amazing. There are literally thousands upon thousands of signals occurring every minute to help us adapt. And we don't even know it. I mean, these signals are shooting out every single minute to help us adapt wondrously so without our awareness. Whether there's an actual stressor, a physical stress, or something we perceive as stressful, like a mental stress, either way, a cascade of hormones and neurotransmitters or brain chemicals gets released. And I want you to think of this, uh, think of this like a 911 call for help. Okay, just just tuck that in the back of your mind for a second. 911 call for help in response to a stress. In response to these chemicals that get released, the hypothalamus, which is a small almond-shaped organ in your brain, sets off the first alarm. So the hypothalamus sets off this first alarm that something's happening here by releasing a substance called CRF or corticotropin releasing factor. This substance then calls the pituitary gland in your brain to kick into action and the adrenal glands into action. So the pituitary and the adrenal glands both get tripped off and kicked into action. Okay. The adrenal glands are these two little glands that sit on top of both kidneys, right and left. And the adrenal glands then set off the second alarm, which stimulates a surge of two additional important substances called adrenaline and cortisol. Okay. So as I said, think of cortisol like the 911 operator. Okay. So the 911 operator gets the call, comes into the relay station and the 911 operator activates everything that's needed to manage this emergency. And that's what cortisol does. Cortisol is literally the 911 operator. And like a 911 operator, the police get sent to the scene and cortisol's chief responsibility is to get your body whatever it needs for basic survival and, and to shut off any functions that just aren't necessary in the moment. So if you imagine when the police come to the scene of an emergency, they're going to start shutting off other roads, other highways, because this is an emergency in this scene and they don't need all of these extraneous things, cars, trucks, vans, what have you, coming onto the roadways where this emergency is happening. So in your body, think about the things that you don't need during an emergency and then think about the things you do. Well, you need clear eyesight, you need sharper focus, 
You need more oxygen to your lungs so that you can breathe. You need energy so that you can run or lift something heavy if you had to. These are all essential functions. So things change in your eyes. You know, your pupils start to, to you know, dilate. There's more hyperventilation. You're getting more oxygen into your lungs. All of these things are happening because they are essential functions. The non-essential functions, things like digestion, reproductive hormone production, testosterone and estrogen, uh, for one, and immune system functions, all those things get shut down because think about it, it's the middle of an emergency. Do you really need your stomach pumping away blood, you know, and, and working on digestion in the middle of a dangerous situation? Probably not. Do you need to worry about testosterone and estrogen production during the middle of an emergency? Probably not. Okay, so those functions get shut down in the face of an emergency situation. Adrenaline, also known as epinephrine, is the partner to cortisol. So similar to the analogy I just offered with the police car, here comes the ambulance and the fire truck. They arrive on the scene of the accident because like support systems, and I'm making this analogy, adrenaline is there to do the heavy lifting. Okay, just like the uh, ambulance and fire truck. You know, if there's a fire, you need the the fire hoses. If there's someone's been, you know, uh, injured, you need the ambulance there. So adrenaline is there to do the heavy lifting. Adrenaline increases your heart rate, raises your blood pressure to improve circulation. It causes increase in your breathing to get more oxygen into your lungs. It widens your pupils to make more light available for your vision. And most importantly, adrenaline gets the brain moving fast. I mean, there's no time for daydreaming. There's no time for thinking about those palm trees and the turquoise water, right? When there's an emergency happening, okay? Even more importantly, carbohydrates, carbs, or sugars, they get metabolized very, very quickly to deliver energy to the big muscles in your body. So the legs, the arms, we need those muscles for fight or flight. Okay. So this is the work of adrenaline and cortisol together in the face of a stressor. And remember what I said, this could be an actual stressor, something physical, something very real, or this can be a perceived stressor. Okay, so we're talking about the mental stress. We're talking about the things that we worry about over and over and over, the things that we think are going to happen that never really happen, never actually manifest. Those are stressors too. And so think about those perceived stressors and what's happening with this cortisol and adrenaline over and over and over. It's like someone dialing the 911 operator every five minutes. That's what's happening with perceived and actual stress. Now, once the stressful event is over and the emergency gets cleared up, your body's stress response system, that HPA axis that I talked about earlier, the hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal axis, that whole system works to try to get the hormones back in line get your blood pressure corrected, lower your heart rate, get your breathing back to a normal pace. It works to try to get all of your body systems, including digestion and reproductive hormone production back to their normal, you know, everyday function, everyday uh, rhythm. 
Okay, so that HPA axis has a lot of work to do to get all of these systems going and get them calmed back down. Repeated activation of this stress response system or this 911 operator, along with overexposure to cortisol and adrenaline can disrupt almost all of our body systems. The most important one being suppression of all important immune and reproductive systems. Like I said, so excessive cortisol can cause fat storage, weight gain, changes in move, ob mood, obviously changes in sex drive, increased food cravings, insomnia, irregular menstrual cycles, a definite and definitive decline in testosterone and estrogen production, progesterone production, and so much more. And this is where nature's wisdom and the trusted adaptogens come in handy. So let's jump right in and talk about the adaptogens. Let's talk about what they are, what they do, where they grow, why they are so helpful, so incredibly helpful for mitigating the physiological and psychological effects of stress in modern day living. Let's talk about why if I were stranded on an island, what my six must have adaptogens would be, why I love them so much, why I integrate them into my clinical practice, my coaching work. You're going to love this. I know you're going to love it because adaptogens are truly, truly, truly the best kept secret, I believe, in modern science. First and foremost, adaptogens are a class of medicinal herbs. They help the human body adapt to stress. They support normal metabolism and restore balance wherever imbalance occurs. They strengthen the immune system and increase the body's defense from physical, biological, and environmental stressors to ultimately support normal biological functions. Adaptogens are special because they're really gentle remedies that are highly effective at combating stress-induced illnesses, as well as restoring and protecting our health on so many levels. I really do believe that adaptogens are the best kept secret when it comes to rejuvenation and disease pre uh, prevention. Because as I said earlier, we know that stress is the precursor of every disease. Now, from a historical perspective, when we look throughout the world in other systems of medicine, we can find that adaptogens have been used for thousands of years. Plant-based medicine, and more specifically, the use of adaptogens for common ailments is not new. In my practice, in my clinical practice, and in the work that I do in coaching, I often refer to traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, which is a widely respected system of medicine in India, and, and even to Native American traditional medicine for my understanding of adaptogens and their many benefits. I tend to refer to those three systems of medicine. And it's because of their long, long history of usage that their credibility and safety is well established in many clinical studies of botanical medicine. You know, interestingly enough, in my research, 
I found the, a, a World Health Organization report that indicates that over 70%, 70% of the world's population uses botanical medicine as some form of treatment. And even now in developed countries where, uh, where Western allopathic medicine is readily available, we see an increased interest in the use of botanical medicine. I mean, look at medical marijuana, for instance as part of an individual's treatment plan nowadays for anxiety, for depression, for insomnia. We, we're seeing that more and more. There was a time in U.S. history that botanical medicine was the order of the day, particularly in midwifery practices uh, and whatnot, until they were replaced by pharmaceutical drugs. Okay, Native Americans, for example, used plant-based medicines quite extensively. And you can have a look at the USDA database on botanical medicine, which was created by the late Dr. James, uh, James Duke, in which he categorized over 80,000, 80,000 plants that have been used for medicinal purposes. It's a fascinating da uh, database to say the least. So what does botanical mean? A botanical is just any substance that is made from any part of a plant. So that can include a tea made from the bark of a tree or the leaves of a plant. It can mean a salve that's made from the leaves or roots of a plant. If any part of a plant has been used for the creation of this substance, the word botanical applies. So in botanical terms, any uh, an herb is any plant that does not have a woody stem, a woody stem like the, the, the stem of a tree or shrub. Herbal medicine and botanical medicine are terms that are often used interchangeably, and it just refers to the use of herbs or other plant-based materials for medicinal purposes. Now, for clarification, by World Health Organization definition, herbal medicines include herbs, herbal materials, herbal preparations, and any finished herbal product that contain, contains as an active ingredient any part of a plant or other plant material or combination. So another com uh, common term you might hear is the word phytotherapy, and that too implies the use of herbal medicines for disease treatment and or prevention. Okay, um, other important branch, uh, branches of plant-based science uh, include phytochemistry, which is the study of the chemical makeup of plants. So we've got that well-established. We know what adaptogens are, and we've got some, some insight into their history. We know they've been around for a very, very, very long time. So let's talk about how adaptogens work. A few really important and fascinating things to know about adaptogens. Okay, number one, as I said earlier, adaptogens have a normalizing and balancing sort of bi-directional influence on the body. They bring the body systems into a state of what we call homeostasis or balance. Adaptogens can downregulate what needs to be downregulated and upregulate what needs to be upregulated. Get this, at the same time. At the same time. Downregulating and upregulating 
at the same time to create homeostasis in the body. For example, blood sugar and blood pressure. Okay, so can normalize blood sugar, normalize blood pressure. The adaptogens are particularly helpful in women's and men's reproductive health because they can downregulate or upregulate reproductive hormones like for women, FSH, LH, the estrogens, progesterone, and for men, testosterone. That is absolutely fascinating. Number two, adaptogens are stress mediators. They build biological, physiological, and psychological resilience. In other words, they build resistance to chemical, physical, and psychological stress. Okay, so at the, at the, at the most fundamental level, they are stress mediators. Okay. Most, number three, most, most, most adaptogens are non-toxic in normal therapeutic doses. And they are actually protective. Get this. They are actually protective of several important body systems, the cardiovascular system, the liver, most importantly, the immune system, Okay, actually protective. And I say, I want to emphasize at most um, normal therapeutic doses. And this is where having a clinician involved in your care and, and decision making about adaptogens becomes very, very important. And even a clinical herbalist. Number four, adaptogens work by regulating two major systems in the body. The HPA axis that I talked about earlier, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis or HPA, and the sympathoadrenal system, we call that the SAS. Okay. Now just recall, as I said, the HPA axis includes the hypothalamus and the pituitary in the brain and those adrenal glands that sit on top of both of the kidneys. Okay. The HPA axis governs much of our hormone endocrine system function. So the thyroid gland, the nervous system, the immune system, the cardiovascular and digestive systems, and they regulate that system regulates our response to stress, as I said earlier. It also regulates the reproductive system and hormone function, governs that fight or flight response to acute or intense stress. So when we have a stressful event in life, whether it's actual or perceived, that sympathetic nervous system kicks in. And I talked about that earlier. So remember, number four, adaptogens work by regulating those two systems in the body. So you see where this is going, right? You see why adaptogens are so helpful. Number five, one of the most important things to know about adaptogens is that they have what's called an amphoteric effect, which means they can normalize the function of an organ or system, which is hugely important. So wherever an organ isn't functioning at its optimal best, adaptogens can get in there and fine tune that organ. These five facts are so huge, and I hope you see where we're going with why I say that they are my favorite class of herbs. So where are adaptogens found? Well, they're found in many different parts of the world. They're native. Many are native to India, Russia, China, and Japan. And here's another really interesting fact that's actually kind of ironic. Many adaptogens grow in rather harsh environments 
at really high altitudes, extremely dry environments, and in extremely cold weather climates and rugged mountainous regions. For example, rhodiola, one of my favorite adaptogens, rhodiola grows at like 10 10,000 feet above sea level in the mountains of Siberia, native there. Keep in mind, we're talking about an environment that is high altitude, extremely cold with low levels of oxygen. So imagine something that grows and thrives in that kind of environment. So you see, hence the name adaptogens, just fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So you may ask, how do I, Angel, how do you use adaptogens in your clinical practice? So one thing I'll say off the bat is that I use adaptogens in my clinical practice quite frequently for the exact reasons um, for exactly what they're good for, as I've outlined earlier, more often than not, I use them for hormonal balancing and to nourish the adrenals, just to nourish the adrenals in times of unmitigated stress, physiologically and mentally. Okay. I've found them to be very helpful for many mental health conditions in my practice, like anxiety and mood disorders, what I don't depend on adaptogens for. And I want to be clear about this. I do not depend on them in emergency situations or as curatives. I do not randomly suggest them for everyone or anyone who has you know, fill in the blank because adaptogens can have actually a stimulant effect when you don't want a stimulant effect. One has to be very, very knowledgeable and very careful with adaptogens because as I mentioned earlier, they can upregulate or downregulate different organs and organ systems. Let me give you a perfect example, ashwagandha, which I'll talk about in just a minute. Ashwagandha stimulates the thyroid, so it can be very helpful for underactive thyroid conditions. Conversely, Conversely, those with overactive thyroid or Graves' disease would not want to be taking ashwagandha. Another good example is some of the ginsengs. Red ginseng in particular can make hypertension worse. So you have to be really careful. Um, lastly, I do not use adaptogens as a replacement for good foundational health practices. In other words, skipping meals, cutting yourself short on sleep, um, not exercising, none of those things are ever a good idea. So, so adaptogens are always complementary to good basic health practices. And here's where I want to emphasize that all of what is discussed on this podcast is for educational purposes only. I advise that if you're a listener of this podcast, that you seek out professional guidance and support uh, for the use of adaptogens in your health management um, and not to try to do this independently because for the reasons I've outlined, adaptogens uh, need to be very, very carefully dosed and monitored. Okay. So let's get into my six pack, my favorite, favorite, favorite adaptogens for overall good health. So first up in my six pack, my absolute favorite, my favorite adaptogen, ashwagandha, botanical name Withania somnifera. I 
really, really love ashwagandha. And let me share why. First and foremost, ashwagandha has held a central role in Ayurveda, India's traditional system of medicine. Forget this, over four thousand years. It is one of the most common herbs still in use today, often used for symptoms of deep, deep mental and physical exhaustion. When you see ashwagandha growing in its native environment, kind of looks like a small woody shrub, has really, really brilliantly colored red berries. Ashwagandha is native to the drier regions of the Mediterranean, Southern Europe, India, the Middle East, and Northern Africa. In Sanskrit, what's interesting is the name ashwagandha literally means the smell of a horse. And I think the reason for that, based on my research, is that it has a very strong kind of pungent scent um, in, in the fresh roots. And it may be given that nickname also because, or that description also because ashwagandha has a very powerful kick if you will, to the immune system. It really, really helps the body adapt to stress. A lot of modern herbalists um, compare its immune boosting properties to Panax ginseng, which is used in traditional Chinese medicine. But unlike ginseng's, uh, ginseng's stimulating quality, ashwagandha is more often than not a soother. And a lot of clinical herbalists will use it to treat anxiety, depression, insomnia, um, hence the botanical name Somnifera. There have been a lot of clinical studies that have confirmed that ashwagandha contains compounds that exhibit antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties, um, very, very widely used for immune stabilization. So for the most part, for the most part, it is calming, it's soothing, helps to relax the mind and body balances and improves mental focus, helps to improve sleep, very, very widely used for anxiety, nervousness. I've found uh, ashwagandha in tincture, in extract form, in capsules, in tea forms, very, very common. But as I said, with all of the adaptogens, as I mentioned earlier, with ashwagandha, one has to be cautious because in uh, hyperthyroid uh, uh, situations, it can actually make the thyroid more active. So as I always say, you know, these things have to be taken with caution under the advice of your own medical provider, as well as your own clinical herbalist. Second up in my six pack, Eleuthero. Absolutely love Eleuthero. The use of Eleuthero dates back over 2,000 years. Now, this one is a staple in traditional Chinese medicine. It's often referred to as Siberian ginseng, so I can call it that too. Um, evidence has shown that Siberian ginseng root has strong antioxidant properties, which makes it a powerful, powerful immune system booster. Now, as an adaptogen, it helps promote the normal regulation of the uh, endocrine system response to stressors. The active compounds in Eleuthero root 
eleutherocytes are believed to stimulate the pituitary adrenocortical system, allowing for more efficient regulation of the stress response and healthy levels of cortisol. This adaptogen is typically found, well, it's native uh, in the Far East, uh, southeast, uh, southeastern part of Russia, northern China, Korea, and Japan. In traditional Chinese medicine, it's used to invigorate the qi or qi energy, to strengthen and nourish the spleen and kidney, and to balance vital energy, which qi or qi is considered vital energy. It's the root and the rhizomes, which are the underground stems that are generally used medicinally. Research shows that it can help support feelings of well-being, reduce occasional fatigue. Um, some people take it when they have cold and flu viruses, definitely can increase stamina. It is um, believed to help improve memory and cognitive performance. We nickname it the enhancer because that's what it typically is uh, recommended for in clinical uh, herbal medicine. Uh, usually found as a tincture or an extract. And as I said before, it may be stimulating for some people, actually can make insomnia worse. Women who are pregnant need to consult their own healthcare providers before beginning any kind of supplement, as we said before. Okay. Number three in my toolkit that I absolutely love. I mean, I love all of the adaptogens. I know I'm saying this over and over, but holy basil. Holy basil, Tulsi. Love, love, love it. I drink Tulsi oh, so much. Tulsi tea. Holy basil, commonly referred to as Tulsi or Tulsi, is revered, absolutely revered in India's traditional medicine, Ayurveda, considered one of the most important herbs in that system of medicine. It's known as the mother medicine of nature, the queen of herbs, sometimes referred to, uh, referred to as the elixir of life. Um, it's native to the Indian subcontinent, widespread as a cultivated plant throughout the Southeast, uh, Southeast Asian tropical region. Been use, listen to this friends, for over 3,000 years. Tulsi has been recommended often for immune support due, it, due to its potent antioxidant and antiviral properties. You know, when I look through the clinical evidence, there are hundreds and hundreds of in vitro animal and human uh, studies, experimental studies um, that have been conducted in Tulsi. And that's, that's another reason why it's one of my favorites is because it's been very, very well studied and evidence has shown Tulsi to have broad spectrum antimicrobial activity, making it really, really useful for a broad range of chemical, physical, um, uh, stressors, infections for metabolic stress. It's been shown to help normalize blood glucose and blood pressure, help correct blood uh, cholesterol levels. That's been found in some of the research. Modern herbalists tend to use Tulsi for issues that are related to nervous system function, immune system function, um, believed to help support memory. And Tulsi is also widely used for depression and anxiety. 
there is mounting evidence that the properties of Tulsi can actually protect organs and tissues from the chemical effects of heavy metals, pollutants in the air, pollutants in the water. Um, just one of those really good all around adaptogens. In fact, it's called the revitalizer. Uh, so you can often find Tulsi as a tea. I've seen it as a tablet. Again, in my practice, I often use it for uh, improving mental clarity, for helping with mood regulation, definitely helping with relieving mental and physical fatigue, for improving energy. Um, I've also used it for anxiety, for insomnia. I, I just really, really love Tulsi a lot. But again, all individualized and personalized for the person that I'm working for or working with in my clinical practice. The next up in my toolkit, Schisandra. Oh, another one. Really, really good. Legend has it that over 5,000 years ago, the legendary emperor of China, Shenong, believed that Shizandra was the plant superior to all in creation, the one that held the power to cure all disease and prolong life. It's just fascinating some of the history of these uh, adaptogens. Shizandra is native to northern China, Korea, Japan, and the Russian Far East. The flavor of Shizandra berries, it's said to capture the five elements of traditional Chinese medicine. And this is probably why it's so widely used. Um, it has the sweet earth, the sour wood, the bitter fire, the salty water, and the tart metal. So those are the five elements and then the five tastes. So it's been a staple in traditional Chinese medicine for centuries. And many clinical herbalists, from what I've seen in my research, tend to uh, to recommend uh, Shizandra for physical stamina, oh, to enhance libido, I've seen it used for libido enhancement and to strengthen mental clarity. Very, very, very popular uh, adaptogen in traditional Chinese medicine. Um, modern herbalists often recommend Shizandra also for liver and kidney detoxification. And once again, for just that anxiety and mental fatigue does have anti-inflammatory and detoxification properties. I've seen it available as a tincture, as a tea, as an extract. Um, I've seen it included in, in other supplements, uh, particularly some of the, um, some of the uh, uh, food replacement shakes and powders. So um, very, very popular. Uh, a relative precaution, though, is that Shizandra is classified as a stimulant. So caution is ten, it tends to be advised for individuals with hypertension, diabetes, people with mental health concerns, obviously women who are pregnant or nursing. Can't emphasize enough that, you know, all of the adaptogens have to be carefully monitored and prescribed by or should be very carefully monitored and prescribed by a clinician or clinical herbalist based on your own personal health profile. Next up in my toolkit, 
Next up, rhodiola. Very, very popular. Once again, rhodiola rosea uh, is the is the botanical name. Rhodiola has been used in traditional medicine practices for centuries. Once again, China, Russia, Scandinavia, other countries worldwide. Um, what's important to know is that rhodiola was first identified by this is interesting, first century Greek physician in the De Materia Medica, and he named it Rhodia Risa. Nearly 1600 years later, Swedish uh, botanist Carolus Linnaeus gave it the name Rhodiola Rosea. So that's an interesting little fact there. Okay. Rhodiola also, interestingly enough, um, has been very widely studied as well. I'll include some of these facts in the show notes so that you can see where these studies are, but it's it's been very widely studied for um, use with generalized anxiety disorder. It's nicknamed the regulator. Really, really stimulating, really stimulating. It's most important adaptogen for soothing uh, nervousness and anxiety, irritability and low moods. I find uh, in my practice it to be a good mood regulator for reducing feelings of frustration and burnout, absolute burnout. So conversely, the thing about rhodiola is um, it, it's not usually taken before bedtime because it can be stimulating um, and stimulating and calming um, in some ways as well. Uh, you know, the other thing is, too, I have heard some of my colleagues in in botanical medicine using rhodiola to boost libido and fertility as well. So that that's another um, interesting fact. Oh, a relative precaution about rhodiola is in some of the research, I found that rhodiola should not be used in individuals who have manic behaviors or bipolar depression. So I know I keep saying this, but always, always, always with the adaptogens have medical advice and supervision. Another one, and I believe this is my last one in my toolkit, the last one. In fact, it is because I have six in my toolkit, maca. I love maca. I love maca. Often nicknamed or known as, I should say, referred to as Peruvian ginseng, maca is considered the mother, the mother of all hormone balancers and nourishers. It's native to the central Andes, Peru, I'm saying, Peruvian central Andes. Maca is a plant that belongs to the brassica or mustard family. It's been cultivated for well over 2000 years. Um, lots of great history about maca. And you can find this on my blog. I've wrote about these adaptogens probably about two years ago or so. Uh, additional studies suggest, many studies suggest that maca can help improve learning and memory, can correct menstrual irregularities, can increase libido, enhance sexual function, reduce feelings of anxiety and depression. Um, you may find maca included in many of the um, 
uh, meal replacement shakes as well, protein shakes sometimes. Maca is rich in essential amino acids, magnesium, iron, iodine, has uh, a great degree of plant sterols that are critical for hormone balance and adrenal function. It's nicknamed the balancer for very, very good reason. So I have found in my clinical practice and in those who practice clinical herbal, um, uh, uh, clinical with clinical herbalists, I found many to use maca as a stimulant, as I said, aphrodisiac, definitely enhances athletic performance, primarily recommended for hormone disruption, can be very helpful in the area of, of reversing brain fog or having or, or uh, improving problems with memory and focus. I found maca available as a root to be taken as tea, as an extract, as a tablet, as a powder, it is very easily added to smoothies. That's how I tend to use my maca. Um, and once again, like many of the other adaptogens, recommended that maca be avoided during pregnancy and when breastfeeding because there just is not enough evidence about its safety for usage um, in those instances. And I want to wrap up with this discussion about adaptogens by saying 100% that adaptogens are an important supplement to include in basic health maintenance. They're useful as we age. They're not a replacement for all of the good lifestyle habits and behaviors that we all should be establishing to mitigate or eliminate or reduce our mental and psychological and physiological stress. Can't state it enough. Have to state it again. Consult your own healthcare provider before initiating or even thinking about any botanical medicine or plant-based medicine, you know, regimen, adaptogens included. They are my stress allies definitely part of my overall toolkit in my clinical and coaching practice. And I cannot imagine a time that has been more important for us to be aware of everything that we can do, every single thing that we can do to mitigate stress and reduce our risk of burnout. So that's going to wrap it up, folks, for this episode of Healthy House Calls with Angel, episode number eight. I hope you understand all that you need to know about how to build your own mood-boosting, stress-reducing herbal ally toolkit, similar to my toolkit. I hope you understand the role of chronic stress and what that looks like mentally, physically, physiologically, biologically. Hope you understand the history, the rich, rich history of adaptogens and just how they work and why they are so incredibly useful, especially during these uncertain times. I hope that this episode has given you some insight about how you can weave adaptogens into your own 
preventive health plan with your health care provider. So please take advantage of the show notes where you'll get some more in- takeaway information that you can share with your own health care provider to make 2022 different than 2021 and 2020 as it pertains to stress. If you are not part of the Fit and Functional for Life community, I'd love for you to be part of our community. We really are committed to diving deep into the science of preventive medicine, lifestyle medicine. And the best way to get connected to our community is to start off by just simply signing up for my newsletter, Healthy House Calls with Angel.com. Go to the website, Healthy House Calls with Angel. Dot com. Sign up for my newsletter. Everything that you need to know about what's happening at Siva Health, what's happening in our members only community, the Fit and Functional for Life community, our live events that are coming up both live and virtual, everything that we're planning for 2022, all of that good information is in my newsletter, Healthy House Calls with Angel. So just sign up for that to stay in touch. And while I'm thinking about it, let me say that January 15th, 2022 at 7 p.m., we're going to be having another live virtual Design the Life You Deserve vision board party. It's a virtual vision board party. We had so much fun in November talking about the concept of creative visualization, the brain science of creative visualization, and how to apply that to designing the life you deserve in the eight key areas of your life that matter most. So this is more than the usual vision board party where you sort of like, you know, put images and words on a board and you think about what you, you know, your goals. This is going to take it a step further and really talk about, you know, at the party, we talk about the brain science we talked about what creative visualization is and then creating an action plan, an actual action plan for manifesting or taking action toward the vision of the life you deserve. It's called the Design the Life You Deserve Virtual Vision Board Party. Get on my mailing list, the newsletter that I just mentioned, so that you can get all of the details about that. That is a free event, non-members of our Fit and Functional for Life community. Non-members are welcome, but registration is required. So I'd love to see you there. We do have a mastermind group forming in February, 2022. That is a spinoff from the Design the Life You Deserve virtual vision board party. So if you come to that party, you'll get more details about the mastermind group that is forming It is also called Design the Life You Deserve Mastermind Group. That is all about closing the gap from knowing, closing the gap between knowing and doing, closing the gap between just thinking about and talking about to actually creating accountability for yourself so that you have the structure in your life to take everything that you're visioning and putting into action so that you can see real 
lasting results. This is going to be awesome. Absolutely awesome. And I'm so excited about that. So the Design the Life You Deserve virtual vision board party is January 15th. And the mastermind is forming in February. Would love to see you get in on that. We've got a special promotion right now for those who attend the vision board party to get in on the mastermind group at the start of the launch. So please do have a lookout for that in the newsletter, healthyhousecallswithangel.com, where you can get signed up. Okay. I am going to sign off and wish you the very best. For the remainder of December, we've got one more bonus episode of Healthy House Calls with Angel coming out before the end of the year. Stay tuned with for that. And with that, I will say be well and be good to yourself. Be very, very good to yourself and never, ever, ever, ever be afraid to be amazing. Take good care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Healthy House Calls with Angel. I hope today's episode leaves you feeling inspired, motivated, and empowered to live your best life by applying the practical tools of holistic lifestyle medicine to eat, sleep, move, and live better. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you receive this podcast, check in for show notes, and share this podcast with friends. If you'd like even more tips in your inbox, subscribe to my newsletter healthy house calls with angel by using the link in the show description until next time be well and be good to yourself